Have you ever been sharing your thoughts on a movie and, you know, you realize that maybe you said the wrong thing because now it feels like the mob is coming after you? Tony told the old man to tell me to tell you. Mm. It's what it is. What it is. It's what it is. Please listen to me. They wouldn't dare. Don't, don't they say. wouldn't dare. Jimmy, Please, Frank, come on. Don't say they wouldn't dare. No, don't, don't tell me that, Kenneth. That, that's, that, that's fairy tale. Don't Please, say, don't, don't say they wouldn't dare. Hey fam, welcome to a new episode of Stay Watch, and as always, I'm your host, Larry. This week on the podcast, I wanted to talk about something that has kind of been uh, an interesting issue to me uh, over the last, you know, for a while now, as I've been doing a lot more critique of uh, films and of TV and entertainment kind of generally, the idea of, of length and how long is too long for, you know, movies and television shows and things like that and just kind of formatting. Um, and it's it's not necessarily all just about that, but also about the way that we respond to those things, the way that we talk about those things and really wanting to kind of dive into, is there a different way for us to think about some of these things as we are critiquing them? And so, um, for a bit of this, I will be kind of drawing from my experience of having seen um, Martin Scorsese's new film, The Irishman. I did see it in theaters, uh, which I think I might have mentioned last podcast episode. Um, but I'm going to be using that as kind of the basis for this. Um, I'm going to try to keep spoilers light. I don't think I'm going to really dive into too much about what the movie is about. But um, if you haven't seen it and you're really interested in seeing it, I would definitely implore you to do so. Um, but, you know, again, I'm not going to really give you any spoilers in this. So maybe some of what I say might influence you to go watch it anyway. So we'll see. Uh, hold on. I'll be right back. So one of the complaints that you've probably heard me make, especially during my stay watch in Mondays at the Movies series, um, which I was doing all summer long, is just the idea that some movies, a lot of movies, a lot of films that we've been watching, you know, a lot of cinema, um, you know, might be seen as a little bit too long. You know, we, we've been seeing a lot of movies that have kind of crept over that two hour mark and just keep going, you know, two and a half hours, two hours, 45 minutes, three hours, three hours, 10 minutes, three hours, 20 minutes. You know, this year we've had some pretty long epics, stuff like Pain and Glory and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Martin Scorsese's newest film, The Irishman. And you know, a lot can be said about these films. There's 
you know, there's a lot it, with those specifically, there's a lot to reckon with, especially from a metatextual reading about what they mean to the filmmaker and the craft of filmmaking and cinema and that process um, as an art form. Um, but, you know, I think what they also kind of make us contend with is our own attention spans. And that was something that was really kind of interesting to me as I sat uh, for my screening of The Irishman. So I saw it about, I want to say, a week and a half before it released on Netflix. Um, I'm lucky enough to live near a theater that has a, a pretty good, uh, you know, assortment of uh, independent and art house films and things that don't necessarily make wide release. Um, and so I saw that they were going to have the Irishman. And I was like, I need to see this. I need to see this in theaters. Martin would have wanted it this way. You know, he talks such a big game about cinema. Let me see his cinema the way that he intended. And, you know, mind you, the theater is not the best theater, so I don't know if it's exactly how he intended it, uh, but I was in my seat and I had gone into it dreading it a bit because, you know, I had heard that this was a nearly three and a half hour movie. And how was I going to be able to sit through that? And it's something that I, I find myself getting, even though I am in a movie theater, usually two to three times a week every single week it doesn't it doesn't get easier each week kind of sitting there in that chair squirming around you know generally speaking if something is really long like the irishman or endgame i won't eat i won't drink i'll usually dehydrate myself for most of the day so that i don't have to worry about it i know this is not necessarily the most healthy but this is my process people um and you know so it's it's one of those things that you go in, you see the length of the film, you're a little bit worried, you question if you're going to be able to make it, and it's really up to the filmmaker to keep you in your seat. Do they do a good enough job of keeping things moving to make sure that you don't feel obligated to go to the bathroom or you don't want to get up and move around and, and shift? Um, and I would argue that I, I felt that Martin Scorsese did a pretty good job of that with The Irishman. So for those of you who don't know, um, The Irishman follows the story uh, of Frank Sheeran. It's based on a kind of tell-all book that he wrote. Um, Frank Sheeran was, um, you know, an enforcer for the mob as well as a union guy who had connections to Jimmy Hoffa. So it, it's kind of about his story and his collision course with kind of both the mob and Jimmy Hoffa and what that meant for his life, um, as well as metatextually kind of being uh, Martin Scorsese's reflection on kind of the mob film genre, which I personally find to be a much more um, kind of interesting read on the film than kind of the pure textual narrative that we're given, because I think uh, especially given all the conversation that there has been around what is real cinema and whatnot, which I will probably come back to in the future because I think there's there's a lot more that, that I want to discuss there, especially since uh, Martin Scorsese penned his op-ed in the New York Times, as well as finally having seen The Irishman and, and really kind of wanting to dive into the topics that, that he was talking about and, you know, where 
even you know within his own work i kind of see some of those successes and failures um because you know just just a, an aside here i think one of the things that's important to think about when looking at film is not everything is perfect um and not everybody is going to see film the same way um the irishman has been a very interesting film to discuss online because People generally aren't going to agree on everything, and it's challenging whenever you leverage any form of criticism against it because Martin Scorsese, for a lot of film lovers, is seen as kind of a god and, you know, saying anything potentially negative about his work is, you know, it's challenging for his fan base and, um, you know, as I kind of joked about at the beginning of this, they tend to want to come after you. And, you know, I, again, I, I thoroughly enjoyed The Irishman, but I, I do think there are some flaws in the film. And, and one of them, you know, getting back to the topic of this, this podcast is the length. And again, while I didn't necessarily feel it in the theater, I was riveted. Um, you know, I think for me, again, looking at late stage Scorsese, who is reflecting on his role in kind of, you know, the popularity of mafia films and having, you know, kind of created, um, you know, arguably some of the most interesting crime related films that we have ever gotten. It, it, it's really interesting to see him dive back into this world and take a look at how he approaches it, um, both in terms of making that film and in terms of the subject matter that he's chosen. So, you know, there is an introspection in what he's doing here that I find very interesting. And, you know, watching this film, time is important. You know, this is a film that takes place over the course of several decades, and we are watching this character go through these stages of life. And, you know, sometimes things are, you know, we he's beat, he's telling us this story, you know, more or less from, you know, we'll, we'll call it present day. Um, you know, he's telling us the story from present day of these things that happened decades and decades ago events that happened before I was born, before probably most of you that listen to me were born, um, things that people don't really have a firm understanding of. Um, and, and I think that's that's an important aspect of this. You know, there's this idea of this passage of time, these, these things that have kind of become relics, you know, and in a sense, you know, Scorsese using this film to, you know, really again, look at his own work and look at himself as almost something that's from a bygone era and to, you know, kind of look at that passage of time to really meticulously go through this passage of time and to feel every moment of it, to feel the joy and heartbreak and sorrow and the slog that it is sometime. And I personally watching this film feel like there's a certain intentionality there and you know yes from an editing perspective there's a part of me that's like this film could be tighter i absolutely think there are shots i think there are moments i think there are decisions that are made that artificially extend the length of this film that doesn't necessarily need to be you know a three and a half hour film 
I, I, I don't. I, I don't think it needs to be that long. I think there are ways to get it under there. But at the same time, I appreciate what he's doing and I understand how it can work for the story that's being told. Um, and I, and it, again, that kind of critique, that idea of, you know, why do I almost every time I talk about a film reference it being too long, it's, it's just a matter of how the director is using that time. And, you know, how have they set up their pacing? You know, do scenes flow? Do, do the pregnant pauses in scenes make sense? Do they need to be there? Um, do we need these gaps? Do we need this scene? Do we need this sequence? Do we need to know about this thing? Do we need to meet this character? Do we need to have this extended held shot on this one thing? You know, all of those questions go through my mind as I'm watching a film. And, you know, as I start to think about what is going into this and what is my experience sitting here watching it. And most of the time, you know, I find myself feeling like the answer is no, it didn't need to be that long. They didn't need to do that thing. And, you know, and again, I, I think Scorsese is someone where I, I do see a lot in his films where I'm like, I don't think he needed that. But for other people, that thing might be essential. That aspect might be what spoke to them most about the film. And, and I understand that's part of what's so challenging about the editing process, because there's so many little things that you might be able to pull out of even the most minute piece of it. And so when you're going through, when you're going back through that film and, you know, we're, we're talking about a film, we're talking about films that are generally, you know, brought down, you know, by hours after that initial cut. Um, you know, one of the things that you've probably seen online, if you've been, you know, kind of avidly following film stuff, especially comic book stuff, uh, which I know it's weird talking about Scorsese and then kind of jumping into comics, but but bear with me. Um, you know, another topic that I'm going to be talking about in the future is just like kind of the idea of, you know, the director's intent, the director's vision, and, and kind of what they wanted their film to be. Um, and so a big conversation with uh, DC Comics and their kind of film universe has been uh, the Justice League Snyder Cut. So Zack Snyder apparently had his own cut of Justice League, which is not the same as the theatrical cut, uh, which had received, you know, re-editing and, you know, punch up from uh, Joss Whedon, who, look, you, I, I think I've made it clear in the past how I feel about Whedon, not my favorite, but it is what it is, um, you know, but Zack Snyder revealed that he has this cut of Justice League that's like three and a half hours. And, you know, there's that part of me that's like, could I sit through three and a half hours of Justice League? And this is coming from somebody who don't judge me. I own the extended cut of Batman versus Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. I own that. I own the extended version. I do think the extended version is a better version of the film. I have Zack Snyder's, you know, director's cut of Watchmen. I have not bought the ultimate cut yet. I don't think I'm going to, but again, I prefer his extended cut there. Um, you know, and these things extend the length of these movies into kind of, you know, some absurd realms, but you know, at the same time, there are certain things that exist in these films that don't exist in theatrical versions that 
in a lot of senses, for me, provide more context for the story being told. And, you know, I think that is something that Martin Scorsese does in this film. And, you know, as much as I had issues with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think those are things that Quentin Tarantino is doing in that film. And, you know, sometimes we kind of have to take that step back and, and really assess, you know, am I being judgmental because I am, you know, saying that my time is more valuable than, or am I saying that I should do something more with my time than sitting with this artist and experiencing their work the way that they intended? Um, you know, and I, and I think that's something that I, I think we all, as film consumers, as entertainment consumers, really need to think about, you know, what are we when we say something is too long, you know, what is our intention there? Like we don't go to a, you know, we don't go to a theatrical production and say it's too long because it needs an intermission or whatever. We, we accept that that's a part of the art form, you know, and looking back at a lot of old cinema, especially old epics, they were designed after kind of that theater experience. And, you know, mind you, we don't necessarily get intermissions now. Like I would have loved for there have been an intermission, you know, during The Irishman. I think that would have been valuable. And, I, you know, there's definitely when you watch the film, if you have watched the film, there's probably a place where, you know, oh, I would have dropped the intermission right here. This would have been the perfect kind of, you know, median point uh, for it. Um, you know, and, and going back and, and watching stuff like, you know, I, I was watching, uh, I was watching Spartacus, um, you know, a few weeks back when I was visiting my mom, um, you know, because, you know, again, I grew up watching a lot of, you know, the stuff on Turner classic movies and these, you know, these really sprawling epics, you know, and, you know, these films are so long, you know, they are three and a half, four hours, and they are, there is a break in the middle of them, um, you know, and that was the experience that was expected because of the way that films were modeled after theater. And as we've kind of moved to this more TV centric era, um, we've definitely seen that attention span dwindle. You know, and you know, I don't want to be the, I don't, I don't want to feel like the old millennial getting on my high horse and saying, back in my day before there was YouTube, you know, we could actually, you know, no, it's not like that. But I think there is some validity in kind of thinking about how that has changed the way that we do consume media and we do contend with these kind of longer form pieces. Um, because I, I found myself really thinking about it. And, and if you look at the title of this episode, it started as a joke that I was just like, ah, I'm just going to put this up on Twitter. But then when I really started to think about it, it's it's the reaction that a lot of people have, you know, oh, I, I look at the three and a half hour runtime of The Irishman and I say that's too long, but I'll watch an entire season of, of Stranger Things or, you know, I'll, I'll binge watch the entire, you know, second season of The Office in a night. Um, and I won't think twice about how much time I'm, I'm spending there. And sure, I'll, I'll pause it to go to the bathroom or to get a snack or, or to do whatever. Um, 
but I'm, I'm not going to give this other thing the time of day because it's three and a half hours, even though I'm going to spend that same amount of time or longer watching these other programs in this, you know, sustained period of time. Um, and, I, and I just think it's a really weird thing. You know, why do we think that way? Why do why do we feel validated in watching, you know, a, a TV series like that, but we don't want to approach a movie like that? You know, and the thing is, you know, The Irishman, we're lucky in a sense that it is released on Netflix because it allows you to hit the pause button. You know, it allows you to go grab that snack or go to the bathroom. I don't think you should personally. I think you should have the full experience. I think you should watch that full thing straight through. And, you know, for better or worse, if you like it or you don't, you know, that's the experience as intended to watch it as one piece with no break. Um, but because of the way that we can consume it at home, you can allow yourself to take that break. You can add your own intermission in. Um, and, I, and I think that's something that it's a challenge because now, you know, as we start to produce more films for streaming, it's almost like it gives you that license to do so. Um, but there's also that challenge of, and, and I was, I was listening to someone talk about this the other day, so I can't fully take credit for this idea, but it was the idea that should the Irishman, when it was put on Netflix or, or later on as, as Netflix holds it, should it be split into like a mini series? And, you know, my immediate gut reaction is no, that's not what Scorsese intended with this. Um, but looking at something like um, what they did with Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight, where they actually, there's an extended version on Netflix that's broken into a, I believe it's four part mini series. Um, you know, because that, again, that's a very long movie. And, even though it's not my favorite Tarantino, there's a lot to like about it. Um, it's a fantastic theatrical, you know, when I say theatrical in this sense, I am talking about theater. It's a really well done stage play in movie form, um, which I think was part of the challenge that I had watching it back then, because it's like, I'm going for a Quentin Tarantino movie this isn't necessarily a Quentin Tarantino movie. This is a Quentin Tarantino play. Had I saw it on stage, I probably would have had a vastly different reaction to The Hateful Eight, though some of my major complaints would probably still be the same just because of the way that he approaches certain content matter. But again, they split this thing into this mini series. And so you can approach it that way. I'm sure most people who watch that miniseries probably still binge watched it. They probably still watched each part in succession, um, but would meeting it out in that way, would delivering it in that way, take that complaint out of people's hands? Would they no longer say, oh, the Irishman is too long because it's been broken up into this mini series. You know, I, I think it's an interesting kind of thought experience, you know, uh, thought experiment. Like, how does that change the way that we're interacting with that material? You know, we often talk about, you know, I had, you know, one of the earlier episodes of Stay Watch and when I rebranded, we talked, you know, Zach Morrison and I talked about the idea of how TV has changed and this idea of peak TV and how there's been this move to make television more cinematic, you know? And so for me, one of my earliest, you know, big binge watching experiences 
was watching Breaking Bad. And even though the show was designed very much in an episodic fashion, even though the story kind of, there were through lines and everything like that, it was episode by episode, there was breaks, there was recaps, all that stuff. Um, but I watched it episode on episode on episode, you know, more or less straight through for an entire week and then watched the finale the week that it came out. And, you know, again, like I never complained that I was spending so much time in this universe watching this thing. And, you know, is it really just the way that it's presented? You know, and so I, I think that's something that I'm really interested to see as we go forward, as we kind of produce more things, as we, you know, experience this, uh, maybe I'll call it the TV vacation the television vacation, whatever we want to call it of, of film, you know, as we start to see uh, more films produced directly for streaming services, more opportunities for film viewers and film lovers to watch things at home. Do they start to present those things in a different fashion or do they give us an alternative version of these things? You know, I would absolutely love to see, you know, almost like you know again i know the version of the irishman that we got is probably I, I haven't read this you know and excuse me for not doing the research on this um i i imagine it's probably what martin scorsese's vision for the final film was i i imagine we got his director's cut here but if there were an extended edition I wouldn't mind seeing it in that kind of mini series form. You know, I think that would allow me to kind of sit with each piece um, and really more thoroughly kind of inspect them. Uh, because I think there is something to say about our intention spans and our ability to kind of retain information about the films that we're watching as they go along. So um, as invested as I was in The Irishman, you know, there's a lot of the beginning of the film for me that I found, you know, kind of either confusing or forgettable by the end. You know, I think it's a film that I would say, you know, and this is where my mini review comes in and, you know, unpopular opinion, because, you know, I, I know that there's building, character building, world building that Scorsese is doing in the first hour of this film that's necessary for the character. Um, but to a degree, for me, it's also the most forgettable piece of the film. Um, and so there's there's that idea of, you know, if this was presented to me in a different way. So if it were, you know, a three part miniseries, I really question, would this change the way that I feel about that first hour? And I'm not 100% sure that I, I would, um, but I think it might also make me think about it a little bit differently. You know, I, I know it would still serve the same purpose, um, but would it challenge me to look for different things within that first hour of, of television versus that first hour of film? Um, you know, it's just a weird, a weird thought that's kind of in there. And, you know, I, I'd be really interested. And, and I think this is something that I'm going to do the next time that I watch this film is really kind of break down where, where I would make these divisions, where I would make these cuts, where I would put these breaks if I were to kind of make it uh, a mini series. Um, but, you know, again, just kind of getting back to it, I, I think one of the things that, and I have talked to other people about this who 
who do feel that the film is too long. And I think a big part of it gets back to, you know, what I was talking about briefly before, which is just your pacing of this film um, or the pacing of what's going on on screen and the action. And I think, you know, again, for me, that that first hour and for most of the people that I talked to that that struggled with the length of it, it's it's really that first hour that felt a bit shaggy and a bit empty to them. And, you know, part of that is because you don't have all of your characters yet. But I also think it's important to not have all of those characters from the outset. I think there's something that's very purposefully done there that is to kind of show a certain degree of vibrancy and a certain, you know, change in relational status um, that comes about in our main character's life. Um, and so I think there is, you know, there is that emptiness that's needed. You know, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm a designer by degree and trade. And so, you know, blank space, black space, white space, whatever you want to refer to it as is incredibly important. And I think it's incredibly important in film um, when used the right way. And, you know, I, I personally think that Martin Scorsese is someone who uses that oftentimes in the right way. You know, there's a lot of story that is told in these silent moments, in these, you know, what most people might consider boring moments. Um, and it's really about retraining ourselves, you know. So for those of us who may not necessarily be coming from this place where we have a lot of experience with these kind of more classic takes on movies or classic takes on film or theater or writing or whatever it may be, we do have to kind of train ourselves to get away from that almost instant gratification that we're looking for. Like we're not talking about a 15 minute YouTube video here. We're talking about a three and a half hour film. Um, you know, and so our expectation needs to be different. You know, our, our thought process going into these things needs to be different. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of Avengers Endgame, which, you know, again, very long for, for a superhero comic book movie. I mean, you know, there were, oh my God, Endgame is going to be three hours. It's either amazing or terrible. And, you know, much like the Irishman, one of the things I was kind of commented on is there were folks who did not like the beginning of this film because they thought it was quiet and sad and all these things. And, you know, for me, as much as I love the climactic action later in the film, I think the beginning of the, the film, the beginning of Avengers Endgame, um, where it is mostly quiet, where it is sad, where it is introspective, is probably the most poignant piece of that film and the best part of the filmmaking. Um, you know, and so we do need to kind of take a step back and, and look at how we're we're kind of viewing things. Um, and I, I was also kind of interested in this topic, too, because I, I think there is a, a bit of the other side of this kind of argument going on right now where, um, you know, so I got Disney Plus, uh, you know, my sister hooked it up. Um, and so I decided to watch the Mandalorian, um, Star Wars, the Mandalorian, however it's, you know, whatever it's actually called, you know, baby Yoda, the show. Um, and it's, it's fine. Like I, I don't think it's all that it's not my favorite Star Wars television series. I think 
I, I think the Clone Wars tells more effective and interesting stories. Um, as a fan of Westerns, uh, the challenge that I have with it is it's literally just taking stories from other Westerns and samurai films and just kind of doing them in the Star Wars universe, many of which I've already seen, again, in the Clone Wars or even in some cases on Rebels. Um, so it's a, it's a bit challenging in that way where it's like coming to something as someone who watches a lot of other stuff, I'm a bit not so impressed by it. You know, again, not saying that it's bad. I think there's a lot of directional decisions that are very good in it and Baby Yoda is cute. But one of the things that people have been talking about with it is the fact that some people feel that the episodes are too short um, because, you know, we're, we're talking about some episodes that are, you know, around 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Some episodes are a half hour, um, you know, and one of the things that I find interesting about that is when, you know, Marvel was doing their Netflix series like Luke Cage, Daredevil, you know, Jessica Jones, Punisher. One of the things that was always oh, an Iron Fist, God forbid I forget Iron Fist. One of the things that was always challenging about those shows is they went on, you know, an episode or two too long. Um, they didn't have enough story for the episode length that they were using. And so to see something that has like a shorter runtime, you know, to me is very exciting. But it's interesting that people kind of want more from each episode. And it's just really getting me thinking about like, what is that happy medium? Like where, where is that sweet spot where people are like, this is long enough. This doesn't overstay its welcome. This isn't too long, you know, or, or this, it's just, it's just how do we find that sweet spot in our entertainment? And is it so personal or is there a way for us to really kind of figure it out and, and figure out what things kind of fall into that? You know, I, I I feel myself like sliding back into that thought of like the the tight 90. So, you know, really like looking at an hour and a half as, you know, our, our kind of optimal film length, you know, or 45 minutes being our optimal show length, you know, you know, watching two episodes of a show should be the same as watching an hour and a half movie. And I don't necessarily know if that is a better way to approach it because I don't think all stories need to fit into such tight constraints. And one of the things that I think is interesting about shows that have variable episode length is the fact that they kind of know the power of the material that they have. Not all stories require the same amount of time to tell them. Some stories need more time. Some stories need to put the audience in a certain place of discomfort. So they need to be longer. Um, you know, so I, again, like just talking about the role that I feel like the, the length of time plays in The Irishman, part of that is to get the audience into a certain mindset, to get them to a certain place. You know, there's a certain discomfort there, but there's also a certain point where you're thinking about, man, how much time has passed? Like, how did, how did we get from, from his truck breaking down to, to this? How did we get here? How did things go so wrong? Like, how did things go? Like, what was our journey here? You know, in the same way where, all right, this might be a short, sweet adventure with the Mandalorian, or we might need more time because this is going to be a more convoluted plot and there's going to be a lot more going on here. Um, and so I think part of it is, you know, we need to, you know, there, there's that, that idea that 
you know, we need to start to really inspect the art that we are interacting with and make our kind of critique on its length based on how does that inform the story being told or how does that aid the story being told? Because, you know, again, I think one of the things that Martin Scorsese has made very clear in his talking about cinema, and I, and I, again, I think this extends to television too. I would argue that this extends to television too, is it's all about the way that it makes us feel. And that's not just in the way that dialogue is written or the way that people are shown on screen, but also in the passage of time and our experience viewing that thing. Um, so, you know, one of the things that the Irishman has going for it is the theater experience for the Irishman is very different than the home television experience. And I know a lot of people, because they released it right around Thanksgiving, a lot of people are watching the Irishman with their families. And so there's a certain introspection there. There's a certain degree to which, hey, we are going to experience this together. And so there's, there's this kind of catharsis in watching this film together, even though the character himself may not necessarily have that same sort of catharsis. There is this catharsis that you have in watching it together um, versus the experience that you have in a theater where you may be watching alone. You may be watching it with other people. I don't know. Um, but the what that experience is like is just ever so slightly different. Um, and I think this is a film that kind of works on those multiple levels where you know, depending on your experience with it, depending on where you are coming at it from, who you are with, where you are seeing it, when you are seeing it, what mindset you're in, radically changes the way that you experience that art. And, and that's true of all art, but I, I think Martin Scorsese has that idea in his head and it's 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 very clear. It's, it's, it's you know, it, there's a lot of intelligence that kind of went into putting this piece of art out there and the way that it was kind of presented to audiences to intake. Um, you know, and, and I, I think again, like I, like I've been saying this entire episode, I think the length is a part of that. I think it is something that he wants us to sit in and marinate in, and he wants us to take the time with it. And we as audience members need to be willing to give directors that time. Now, not all directors are deserving of our time. And I don't want to be one of those people that, you know, acts like Martin Scorsese is beyond reproach. Um, like I said before, I'll, I have criticized aspects of this film, despite, I, I love this film. This is one of my favorite films of the year, but there are aspects of it that I, you know, have critiqued and people have wanted to come after me and pretend like I don't understand the film. And it's like, no, I understand why these decisions were made. I just feel that they could have been done differently or, you know, I don't think they necessarily achieve the emotion for all audience members that he wants them to have because, you know, just the way that certain things are presented. You know, I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to, again, this isn't a spoiler read discussion of the Irishman. Um, but I think there, I think there is value in allowing directors the time to tell the story that they want to tell, you know, and again, whether you engage with that or not, it's, it's personal, you know, and, and that experience with film is personal. And we kind of need to remind ourselves of that. We need to remind ourselves to take that time to sit in things, to marinate in things and that it's okay if something is long, you know, 
if we are going to experience this art form, this is the way that it's presented. It is, it can be long, it can be arduous, it can be a slog. Um, you know, and a, and a slog isn't necessarily a, when I use that term, I'm not necessarily using it as a bad thing because I think there is, as I've said before, there is a certain weight to the passage of time, um, that can be very important in storytelling. And, you know, we really just need to contend with it. So, you know, the next time you're thinking that, uh, maybe something is too long, you know, is it actually the presentation is it actually the art itself or is it you? Is this something that you need to work on? Is it something that, you know, you need to kind of start to train yourself to be able to be more attentive over longer periods of time? Or is the work just subpar? <laughs> So that is another episode of Stay Watching. Thanks for sticking through that one. I know that's not actually my longest episode. I've had way longer episodes, um, but I, I really just wanted to kind of, you know, share some of that stream of consciousness that I've been having about the idea of length in TV shows and movies. Um, you know, again, I, I definitely implore you to seek out the Irishman. Um, you know, especially if you have been a longtime fan of mafia movies or Martin Scorsese, I, I, I really do feel that, you know, this is, you know, metatextually a really great film, uh, where he is kind of looking back on his life, you know, where silence might've been, you know, a reflection on, you know, his religion. This film is a reflection on kind of his life's work. Um, and I think there's a lot of value, especially from a film criticism standpoint in taking this in, even if you find yourself not liking it. Um, one of the episodes I will be doing in the future is I really do want to talk about the idea of, of reverence and the, uh, the feelings that we have for certain directors and how it can be challenging to critique them, uh, especially in a public context where, you know, people do essentially want to go to, you know, go to bat for their favorite directors and want to defend them, even though they don't necessarily need defending, um, you know, mostly because of some of the conversations that I've had around this film where, you know, it's like you have to add that caveat of, I love this, but I didn't think this part was handled that well, or I wanted more from this character. And then people wanting to tell you, oh, this was done perfectly. And it's like, for you, it was for you. It was for me. It didn't elicit the emotion that you wanted me to have because I feel like it could have been done better, but that's neither here nor there. Um, we are fast approaching the end of the year at the time of this recording. Um, there are a couple of episodes that I have planned out, one of which being the 2019 in the rearview episode, where I'm going to be talking about some of my, you know, favorite hits and misses from this year. Um, things that surprised me, things that I did not expect to enjoy and did enjoy, things that I expected to love and hated, um, as well as some of the things that you will have to look forward to in the new year. Um, after 
you know, after my last episode of the year, I probably will be taking a little bit of a break, mostly because I will be doing some traveling. Um, but you know, you have about three more episodes for this year, uh, outside of the podcast, I will also be doing, um, you know, a couple of blog posts on some of my favorite films, um, from the past decade, uh, since we are getting ready to go into a new decade, uh, once 2020 hits. Um, so I'll be kind of doing a breakdown of what some of my favorite films were for, um, each year in the decade. So look forward to that coming out. Um, I will be sharing that on my social media at Larry Tron pretty much everywhere on social media. Um, as always, if you have comments, you know, feel free to hit me up there. If you want to email me, hit me up Larry at LM2photo.com. Um, you know, I look forward to hearing from you all and, and definitely let me know what your thoughts are on movie length. You know, was the Irishman too long for you? Did you feel like the, you know, do you agree? Do you feel like the time, you know, the amount of time that you're sitting there is a piece of it is a piece of the experience, you know, let me know what your thoughts are. I look forward to hearing from you all in the meantime, fam, stay watching. Peace.